Welcome to this podcast of sermons at CUNY United Methodist Church. A reading from the Holy Gospel of Matthew, the 11th chapter. How can I account for this generation? The people have been like spoiled children whining to their parents. We wanted you to skip rope and you were always too tired. We wanted to talk, but you were always too busy. John came fasting and they called him crazy. I came feasting and they called me a boozer, a friend of the misfits. Opinion polls don't count for much, do they? The proof of the pudding is in the eating. Abruptly, Jesus broke into prayer. Thank you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth. You have concealed your ways from sophisticates and know-it-alls, but spelled them out clearly to ordinary people. Yes, Father, that's the way you like to work. Jesus resumed talking to the people, but now tenderly. The Father has given me all these things to do and say. This is a unique father-son operation, coming out of father and son intimacies and knowledge. No one knows the son the way the father does, nor the father the way the son does. But I'm not keeping it to myself. I'm ready to go over it line by line with anyone who is willing to listen. Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. The Gospel of the Lord. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me. Let's talk about this yoke that Jesus offers us. And let's talk about burnout. I've been reading articles about job burnout for decades because that's how long I've been working. (laughs) And occasionally finding myself engulfed in burnout. Too much work lack of ability to control priorities. I remember one place where overwork was just chronic and we would joke that the reward for good hard work was more good hard work. According to the Mayo Clinic, these are some of the causes of job burnout. Overwork, of course, lack of control over your schedule or over your workload, unclear job expectations, dysfunctional workplace dynamics, lack of social support, work-life imbalance. And burnout begins, you know, when you're under those situations, it begins as stress and anxiety. It leads to a loss of focus, irritability. We start neglecting our personal needs. And if it continues, it moves into exhaustion, loss of motivation, even procrastination, getting sick frequently, loss of emotional regulation, maybe some self-medication with alcohol or drugs. And if that continues unchecked, it leads to critical exhaustion, despair and indifference, 
constant fatigue, physical problems like digestive problems and chronic headaches, depression, and social isolation. So by the time you have reached burnout, rest will not fix it. You're way beyond rest solving the problem. Rest merely gets you ready to do the recovery work. And according to the Harvard Business Review, this is how you recover from burnout. You prioritize self-care, eating healthy, getting enough exercise, healthy sleep habits, meditation. You shift your perspective from I have to do everything to I'm responsible for what I'm responsible for. And I'm going to delegate or leave things undone. You reduce your exposure to job stressors. So this is pushing back against that 24-7 availability, checking your email on the weekends, and you seek out connections. You spend time with other people, with other people who are life-giving, with colleagues, with family, with friends. So I'll tell you, there's long been talk of clergy burnout, but when COVID arrived, it just spiked. And I don't, I wonder if there's something about being in ministry makes people especially susceptible to burnout because, you know, they're working for God. And so they twist that in their mind to, if I don't do it, God's holy mission won't get done. And they go to unhealthy places. Um, and the truth is, pastoring is often has unclear job expectations. Ironically, pastors often lack social support because while pastors are with people all the time, they are still separate from people. And the schedule can be unpredictable. And there can be a work life out of balance. I talked with a pastor friend of mine once, and he said, he was talking about, you know, this lack of work-life balance, and sometimes we're even proud of it. And he said he was, uh, you know, meeting with a mentor and said to the mentor, I never take a day off work. And the mentor said, you never take a day off? No, the last 10 years I've never taken a day off work. And the mentor said, so the commandment to take a Sabbath day of rest you think doesn't apply to you. Any other commandments you think don't apply to you? And he said for him, it was a wake-up call. That he was out of balance and that he was not ministering in a healthy way. Now, perhaps some of you are thinking to yourself, huh, it's not just clergy. There's a whole lot of people that are pushed into overwork, who don't have control of their job uh, expectations and workload and don't have clear job expectations, um, lack social support. Um, and that's true. It is so often, especially people who have are in a helping profession like teachers or, or counselors, that, that they go to that place pretty easily and the world will push us there. And the truth is, often many in leadership roles have an isolation that also leads to burnout. In the year after COVID arrived, 
There were so many people reached COVID and left their, their profession that the media gave it a name. Do you remember the great resignation? That people who were already on the verge of burnout, well, then COVID arrived and the little control they had was gone. They had all their original overwork plus more of dealing with lockdown. Those, uh, you know, that need to get away from job stressors. Well, people moved all those job stressors home. I remember a meme and it said, do I work from home? Do I work at home or do I live at work? And then social support. You know, when we were in lockdown and social distancing and, and how devastating that was for all of us. I'm going to suggest that burnout is not the result of too much work. It's the result of unyoked work. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me. When our adopted kids first came home, I got pushed right into burnout. There were three of them and they were little and their needs were so high, so constant. But you know, I, I also needed to take a shower, cook dinner, work. The workload was too high. There was too much. The expectations were too high. And then they were small and had been in painful situations and hurt people hurt people. And so we're dealing with this heavy emotional lift of continuing to give. And by six months after they had come home, I had blown through all the stages and I was in the full-on burnout. And rest, rest was good, but it didn't make it better. I actually found that fun was the only thing that made it better and I had to rest enough to have some fun. The workload was too heavy and we were carrying it on our own. That we had lots of help with professional services. I could have spent all day long driving kids to appointments. That there was lots of help for. But the daily workload, there was just next to nothing. I, a couple years later, a friend of mine adopted a special needs child, just one. All three of ours were considered special needs, just one, but the special needs were medical. And they had a nurse in their home eight hours a day and I thought, another adult in the house eight hours a day would have made a huge difference. I was in the middle of unyoked work. And so we've been hearing Jesus talk about, we've been hearing stories of Jesus curing people, casting out demons, teaching and sending disciples. And he's been teaching about the kingdom of heaven. And when you're in that place of burnout, heaven sounds like, finally, no more work. I can just rest. But Jesus isn't describing rest. He talks about a yoke. A yoke which is used for work. My yoke is easy and my burden is light. It's not no work that we're called to. It's yoked work. Discipleship is not a life of rest. It is a life of on-the-job training. Take my yoke 
upon you and learn from me. Yokes are, and you can, I put the pictures up here in case some of you have not seen a yoke. I actually tried to find a yoke, but it turns out they're harder to find than you at a first assume. <laughs> Yokes are an ancient form of mechanical advantage. You know, mechanical advantages are things like pulleys and, and ramps that make work easier. Probably none of us could deadlift a piano up three feet. But we probably could, with a ramp and wheels, push it up three feet. So mechanical work makes work easier. Sometimes it just makes work possible. So yokes do that. Pulling a plow through the ground takes enormous strength. Yokes move that force of power up to the strongest part of the body on a cow, on an ox. Yokes are rigid, and that rigidity makes them much easier. We found this out when we had our first calf that had to be picked up. And you know what? Picking up 100 pounds of rigid weight is completely different from picking up 100 pounds of floppy mopsy weight. <laughs> it's so much heavier, and they're a little slippery, you know, when they're newborn. And yokes are shared. You have somebody sharing the work with you, and that is always easier. In the Hebrew scriptures, what we call the Old Testament, the Torah, those first five books of the Bible, called the Law, was often referred to as a yoke. It provided that stability, that rigidity. It was shared. It gave direction. It gave guidance. Yokes provide mechanical advantage. The word of God gives us spiritual advantage. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me. So I gave a description of unyoked work. Let's, let's look at what does yoked work look like. The yoked work of discipleship and the yoked work of vocation, of our, of our occupations, which is living out God's call in our life to better this world. So the first is that you do your share and you do only the share that is yours. God has this whole mission and we are each given our own slice of it. And yoked work is to fully, wholeheartedly do the slice that is for us and not do others. It is owning the tasks that are for us and healthy boundaries against the tasks that are not. Both the ones that are pushed on you and the ones you leap into. So it's do your share. Leave the results to God. Don't take on results, the responsibility of results you can't control. So we do our part. And we leave the overall mission, accomplishing that, to God. We shift our expectations to what really is my responsibility. My responsibility is to do my part. My responsibility is not, you know, results that I can't control. Jesus said, blessed are the peacemakers. We are called to do the work of peace. But the actual creation of peace, that is God's work. We set down the crushing burden of results we can't control. Share our work, 
leave the results to God, live a balanced life. This is that work-life balance. Although I would say that God created us for work, for play, for rest, and for prayer. And we develop a lifestyle of a balanced life where we make time for self-care, for exercise, for healthy eating, for healthy sleep. We make time for work. We make time for play. And we make time for prayer. Do your share. Results are up to God. Live a balanced life. Stay connected. Oh, if the, the pandemic taught us nothing, it is how desperately we need to be connected. God created us for each other and for God. And so we make time for family and friends. We stay connected by getting together for coffee, by inviting folks over to your home, by going for walks together, by gathering on holidays. We stay connected at church by, by visiting at fellowship time, by coming together in small groups, in Bible study, coming together for barbecues or church campouts. And we stay connected to God. We stay connected to God in Sunday worship, in scripture reading, in prayer, in hymn singing, alone or with others. We, we stay connected to God in going to those sacred spaces, sacred spaces of churches, churches indoors or outdoors that are sacred to us, sacred spaces um, where we strongly feel the presence of God in the mountains or at the ocean, sacred spaces of retreat, we stay connected to God. Take your yoke upon me. Sorry, take my yoke upon you and learn from me. Jesus is not asking us to add on more work to an unbalanced life and leading us to burnout. Jesus is offering us yoked work because we have been sent to share the good news. We have been sent to build the kingdom of heaven. And we have been sent with a life yoked to Jesus, the one who shares the load with us, who provides direction and wisdom, and who teaches us on the job. And when we are yoked with Jesus, we are yoked with each other. That yoke is easy, and the burden is light. Jesus says, take my yoke upon you and learn from me. Amen. Amen. And we're going to take a few minutes. Ethan, can you play five minutes? We're going to take five minutes. And I want you to think about what, what is that work God has given to you, the yoke that God is offering you, how does God share that with you? And how do you share it with others? Thanks for listening. This podcast is preached almost always by our pastor, Reverend Mia Crossway. CUNY United Methodist Church is a community on a mission to make disciples for the transformation of the world. To support this podcast and the missional priorities of this church, 
go to cunaumc.org and click on Give. Any amount helps. And if you're kind enough to share your contact information with us, we'll continually send you things.